3: from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Rick Delgado is going to do some news. Slick Rick. Odds makers coming up. 50 G's in each game. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> Uh, We're going to up the ante, Big D. Okay, all right. We're going to up the ante today. We're up in the ante today. Sick Rick needs to pay for those haircuts somehow, man. Look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Looking good.
0: Brian Urlach is
3: suing me. Oh, man. (laughs) Did you pay on the American Express Black when you go for these haircuts? What do you do? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Carbon, <laughs> okay. Maybe. He uses Sky Miles. Yeah. Carbon, I use Sky Miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, looking Sky good, Miles. Slick Rick. What else is coming up in sports? Well, it sounds like Peter's going after
0: the Georgia Bulldog mascot. So we got that in the news. Sad, oh, God. Some Sad news in the college football world. They lost a, a former college football player. Another unexpected death and uh, very sad. And, of course, we're going to have the odds makers coming up later on. Can't wait. Got my six Slick Rick picks. They're all locks.
3: Oh, six slick Rick <laughs> the, picks. Say that a couple times fast. Yes. They're all locks. Oh, they're all locks. All wow. locks, right, big D.
0: I'm rolling the table this morning.
3: All right, very good. Rolling <laughs> without Nolan or rolling with Nolan. We'll yeah. see what the picks are. I'll make that determination whether okay. he's been talking to him or not. Uh-oh. Uh, Mr. Nolan's with his mom today. I uh, hear she's doing good, so we're uh, happy That's about good. that. Good to hear. Good to hear. Rick Delgado is going to do the news. What's uh, how are you first of all, and what's coming up in news? I
4: am well. We got there is a, no news. You know what? The only news it seems to be is is, is more of
3: a yeah document gate yeah Corvette safe. gate <laughs> Corvette safe Corvette gate
4: right. Uh, watch me. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be covering some different angles for that. Also, some other stuff that the House looks like they're going to be doing.
3: Yeah, a couple um, things have terms
4: happened in in investigations that they want
3: to. Start. Yes, Jim Jordan has it out today, and I have the letter in front of me that I'll read and. Um... Oh, he wrote to you uh no not to not to me he wrote to actually the honorable which is questionable merrick (laughs) garland um we are conducting oversight of the justice department's actions with respect to former vice president biden's mishandling of classified documents uh yes i can i can move it over that would be a good statement so people can actually see it um classified documents including the apparently unauthorized possession of classified material at a Washington DC private office and in the garage of his Wilmington Delaware residence on January 12, 2023 you appointed Robert Hur a special counsel to investigate these matters the circumstances of this appointment raise fundamental oversight questions that the committee routinely examines we expect your complete cooperation with this inquiry on November 2nd 2022, days before the midterm elections, President Biden's personal attorneys reportedly discovered... Now, I just want to stop right there, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I did a whole video on it this morning on Facebook, YouTube. uh, I think it's everywhere. Doing extremely well. Um, And that's because it doesn't make sense to anybody. Not only does it not make sense to me, it doesn't make sense to anybody. That we are just supposed to believe after six, seven years, Joe Biden's personal attorneys happen to be going through his... uh, his, uh, his house and his garage or or Penn Biden to start, even if they, even if they started at Penn Biden, why would they, why, why this? Why now? I asked this on this video this morning. Why now? Who now? Why this? It doesn't make any sense. This story would have never gotten out there. We would have never heard about it. There is no reason for this to have come out the way it's come out in the last 72 hours. Who is the whistleblower who knew about this? Who is it? That's the only thing that makes any sense is that either somebody knew this was out there and said, I'm, I'm not, this ain't going to fly anymore. It doesn't make any sense that his attorneys are just sitting around and all of a sudden decide, yeah, you know, let's just go through the place one more time just to make sure that everything looks good and all <laughs> everything's uh, stacked right and yeah. everything's
4: yeah, make no. make sure that the, everything is facing the right position. No no spots on that mirror. Let's clean
3: everything up here. Oh, so, look at this! Yeah, Ooh. hey, what's this? Let's go tell everybody. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's just
4: and, and and as part of one of my theories. Why send lawyers to clean up your office? Why, unless they were there for a specific reason, which is of course. We all know that they were. <laughs> they know that they were there. T- they were sent to look for things specifically.
3: Right, but why were they sent? What's the motivation to right. even send them? That's, that's, e- even if that's, that's 100% a true, what's right. the motivation now, at this point, to send them? Who is the motivation? Somebody has to be motivating them to do this. Something, somebody, somebody who's known, something that's leading them to think that this is going to come out. This is not just, rent. hey, whoa, look what's this, got. what do we got here? Well, classified. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that's how this goes down. No. No way. And, I, and I'm not believing it's November 2nd is the first day that all this starts to happen. I mean, maybe that's the day it comes public. Or maybe that's the day they just said, okay, we'll just say it's November 2nd we found this first folder. Right. I, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it at all. Uh, back to uh, Jim Jordan's letter. On November 2nd, 2022, days before the midterm elections, President Biden's personal attorneys reportedly discovered classified documents at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, a Washington, D.C. think tank that (laughs) President Biden opened in February of 2018. According to reports, President Biden's attorneys found several documents with classified markings. Some documents even marked sensitive, compartmentalized information in an unsecure space, suggesting the mishandling of the most sensitive intelligence information in the U.S. government. Subsequent reports indicate that the classified documents included U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials that covered topics including Ukraine, uh, Iran, and I'll go to page two. Uh, The U.K., I remember them. And the United Kingdom. The classified documents were dated between 2013 and 16, which suggests that they were stored at the Penn Biden Center for years. Subsequently, a second set. So even, let's just stop right there. Even if you go to Penn Biden and somebody, for whatever the reason, starts searching for these and finds them and decides they're going to make them public, what and who and why do they go, ooh, where's the next place we have to go? Oh, let's go to the garage in Wilmington, Delaware, where, by the way, we've all talked about how Biden spends, by the way, he's returning to the crime, the the criminals returning to the crime scene this weekend. We've talked about how much time this guy has spent in Delaware. A lot of weekends there. Who else has been with him all these weekends? Do we have a visitor's log at the Delaware home? Does anybody know? I have no idea. I don't know. I believe the White House was asked to release a visitor's log for Delaware, and I believe they refused or stonewalled or something. Um, It is unclear when the department first came to learn about the existence of these documents and whether it actively concealed this information from the public on the eve of the 2022 elections. It is also unclear what interactions, if any, the department had with President Biden or his representatives about the mishandling of classified material. The department's actions here appear to depart from how it acted in similar circumstances. In fact, on August 8th, 2022, I would almost guarantee you on August 8th, 2022, while they were going into mar lago somebody knew that this was at the Penn-Biden Center. Despite the uh, publicly available evidence of President Trump's voluntary cooperation, you personally approved the decision to seek a warrant for excessive and unprecedented access to his private residence. On August 15, 2022, Committee Republicans wrote to you and FBI Director Christopher Wray requesting documents and information related to the FBI's raid of President Trump's residence. The Department of FBI have failed to sufficiently comply with this request. Our requests remain outstanding. The American people deserve transparency and accountability from our most senior executive branch, law enforcement officials. Please produce the following. And they asked for all the documentation again between the Justice Department and all these different people, including Lausch, who was the first one to look at this Biden deal. It just, it just, none of it makes any sense. And there is no comparison between this and the Trump situation. This is way worse.
4: Way worse. And especially because of, of the people that had, uh, access to that house um during that time b- before it you know before he became president which you know didn't i don't believe had secret service detail round the clock no right?
3: the vice president no. doesn't get secret service right. detail i believe uh like the president would have gotten
4: and then it says here according to the new york post drug-addled hunter biden lived at that delaware house
3: I've i've seen reports that he owns it yeah
4: that he listed it as one of his properties (laughs) wow
3: now whether whether he just listed it up and doesn't really or really does i don't know
4: well it says here the now 52 year old began listing the wilmington home as his address following the 2017 divorce from his ex-wife uh and even falsely claimed he owned the property on a july 2018 background check form hey is it against the law to lie in a background check
3: I believe so, and I believe uh, the gun. He lied about the um, being a drug user on the gun uh, form too. That's one of the things that I believe the uh, what's his name is looking at. Yeah, so 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 you're reading from you're looking at Miranda (laughs) Devine's piece Uh, in the New York Post. Drug-addled Hunter Biden lived at Delaware home where classified documents were kept. Yes, that
4: would be the title.
3: And um, the question to there is how many other people visited the home? I, I. Gave you the article the other day about the fact that there's a cottage, supposedly, on the property. Yeah. And the cottage supposedly may have been rented.
4: Like an Airbnb type of thing or a VRBO where you show up and you, you, you pay a couple bucks and, and you get to use the entire, uh, the entire cottage for the length of your stay, whether it be a couple days or a week or, or who knows how. Who, who maybe he had one of his drug people there. You know, or maybe that's
3: where he kept his uh, prostitutes when he brought them in from overseas. Who knows? Maybe it's non-Biden people. Hey, honey, I'm missing a thing. Go in the garage. See if they have one. Hey, what's this? <laughs> any scrap paper? Oh, hey. hey, who are you? <laughs> Look at this.
4: I am Hunter's friend. Who are you?
3: <laughs> I mean, was... I don't want to hear any comparisons about Trump and Biden. And there's some serious <laughs> questions, by the way, about this special counsel and his ties to Christopher Steele. Uh, so we need to get into that as well. But uh, good for Jim Jordan and the House for uh, staying on top of this because I, I think at this point, we're, they're probably the only ones we can rely on who are going to try to get to, the, get to the bottom of this. Although I don't know how much getting to the bottom there is to get because I've, uh, the way this has come out is still, um, still very interesting to me. Yeah. The timeline the way this why this has come out now who's behind it who knew about it is it a single person is it a whistleblower what is the situation here right. cuz clearly they are trying to get an enormous amount of information out in a very short time they're not trying to do it like on a friday night at 6:30 when everybody's going off for uh, a holiday they're not trying to do it with anything else as so a distraction i mean it's just right here you see the media mm-hmm. you see the media as much grief as we give them and all the 99.9% of the time they deserve it. They're not taking any nonsense in the press briefing room the last two days. This idea that Corinne Jean-Pierre says that they're being transparent is so laughable. Yeah, She can barely speak. And com- I mean, she could anyways, but she really now. I mean, she can barely answer basic questions. She can't answer basic questions. And the, and the thing is, there's no reason that she can't be. <laughs> See, this is where you need wow. competent, non-crack pipe smoking crackheads in the white house to be able to get together and say as a team say here's what we can talk about here's how you're going to answer this because you know you're going to get asked that she just says she says nothing she says nothing and every day she does it looks worse and worse she's transparently being (laughs) non-transparent that's what she's doing she's transparently showing how inept she is at her job just getting started on a Friday night. We're going to dig into this because there's nothing else to talk about. So uh, we'll get into this. A couple other things, too. Speaker McCarthy's got a good idea you might like. We'll talk about that when we get back, too.
2: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
3: From Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Slick so, Rick's going to do some sports here in a second. Rick Delgado is going to do the news. We'll continue to dig into the, um, well, this Biden um, document scandal, crime, felony, as I'll continue to remind you, because that's what it certainly looks like to me that was committed here, um, because they're not helping themselves. They're not helping themselves from the briefing room. They're not helping themselves when they go on these shows. And the, the media is hip to it. Even, even, believe it or not, to some degree, even Don Lemon had slimy Chuck Schumer on. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't, gonna, he wasn't letting Chucky Boy get, get, get by with his nonsense there either. So I'll play that clip for you. Pretty interesting. Um, So let's do some sports, though, first. And sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, MyPillow, MyPillow.com, slash LFS6B. Use our code LFS6B. You're shopping for Valentine's Day or something coming up. You're going to buy somebody a nice warm pair of slippers. Mm. Use our code LFS6P at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? Well,
0: sad news continues to pour in, and I got another sad report in the sports world. Robbie Knievel, son of Evil Knievel, dead at 60 after a long illness. This is in the New York Post, Brooke Steinberg. All my friends from the 70s will remember the great Evil Knievel. Well, this was his son, of course. He did a lot of his work in the 90s. But uh, Robbie Knievel, the son of legendary daredevil Evil Knievel, died early Friday. He was 60. Knievel spent uh, final days in hospice care following a long battle with pancreatic cancer, which is an absolute vicious cancer. Uh, This is according to TMZ. The stuntmaster, also known as Captain Robbie Knievel, followed in his father's footsteps from the time he was was young, performing at Madison Square Garden at eight years old. Uh, He started jumping the bike when he was just four, going on platform uh, to perform uh, more than 350 jumps in his stuntman career. Knievel set 20 records for his jumps, including successfully jumping the fountains at Caesar's Palace in 1989, something his father had attempted to do in the past, but did not. Conquer, um, and uh, other infamous stunts uh, that he uh, did was the Grand Canyon jump, uh, the 30 limousine jump. Of course, a lot of us will remember back in I think it was '74, if, if I'm correct, when Evel Knievel tried to jump the Grand Canyon in that rocket, which you know went into a parachute, and that was kind of a dud. But uh, the father was obviously a trendsetter, and the son following in his footsteps. Um, the father passed away back in November of 2007 at the age of 69, uh, and he performed his final stunt in 2011. This be Robbie at Coachella. California, jumping 50 feet above tractor trailers at the Spotlight 29 Casino. Uh, He also gave fans a behind-the-scenes look into his stunts and the preparation that went into them back in his Knievel's Wild Ride. You might remember that. Knievel is survived by his daughters, Kristen and Carmen, and his grandchildren, Annalise and Kane. So, sad news there in the sports world. You know, we had Lisa Marie uh, Presley last night passing away, and uh, just a lot of uh, old, old stars that are just moving on. So, sad news just continues. Um, well, let's see. Well, PETA is urging University of Georgia to stop using live bulldog mascot. Bulldog mascot. This is Warner Todd uh, Houston of Breitbart. Animal extremist group People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, PETA has launched an all-out offensive against the University of Georgia for using live bulldogs as its mascot during games. The animal rights group sent a letter to school president Jere Moorhead this week demanding that the school place its English bulldog mascot named Ug X with a human from now on According to TMZ Sports, the letter claims that the school's use of a bulldog increases the likelihood that people will want to continue breeding and buying breathing impaired. Breeds such as the Bulldog. This is insane. Uh, Peter released <laughs> insane. his statement to the press saying, As the back-to-back national champion, can't UGA find in its heart to honestly examine the impact of its promotion of deformed dogs and call time on its outdated live animal mascot program? Peter is calling on Jerry Moir to be a peach and replace poor Uga with a uh, human mascot who can support the team in a winning way, the group added. It's not likely that the school will battle the organization's demands. The University of Georgia... Has been using live bulldogs since the 1950s, starting with Uga uh, one. So hey, it's just absolutely crazy, big D. But wanted to get that story in. Sure, national champion, big target. Let's go after them. Try to get our message across. But uh, I don't know, big D. What do you think? I think that story sounds like a bunch of bull, right? Clown world. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it sounds like. Clown absolutely. world dealing with this nonsense. And to call it a bull. I mean, how many people have bulldogs? I'm sure people in our chats have bulldogs, and it's a beautiful dog. They're adorable. So yeah, they're great. All dogs are great. All dogs are great. No question about it. Peter. All right. Anyway, Big D, that's a wrap in sports. Back to you.
3: All right, Slick Rick. Thanks. We'll do some more sports. Let's do some news. And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What else is going on besides this Biden uh, document scandal?
4: All right. Well, there's a few things going on. New York GOP rep uh, George Santos continues to be in the news. The newly elected New York Republican told reporters basically to pound sand. He's not going to resign. Um and, and it's interesting because Nassau County GOP chairman Joseph Cairo said it a press conference according to the hill newspaper and this is coming from just the news today i'm calling for his immediate resignation george santos campaign last year was a campaign of deceit lies and fabrication he said uh beyond giving a false account of his education work history santos whose districts include the northern part of nassau county and also is facing investigations from brazilian prosecutors the nassau da said um and then there was a a statement by cuz I was watching this on TV as well from the Queens GOP who basically said, "Hey, I understand what you guys are saying. Um has he broken any laws?" He asked the question because if you if he if he's broken laws and you can prove it, then fine, he needs to resign. But you know, he's not the, the Queens GOP guy is not going to ask him to resign uh, his position because he believes that he ran on what he was saying in his campaign, not on his resume. So it brings up an interesting point. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, George Santos continues to be a member of the House of Representatives representing the uh, what is it? The second district. Something like that.
3: And he remains to be as fraudulent as yeah. well, by the way, most of them are. So, yeah, yeah
4: exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know you, <laughs> exactly. you could start with you could start with the current president from his uh, graduating class, he was top of the class, he was uh yep. you know, he did all that, and of That's course, great. you can go to Connecticut and take a look at Mr. Blumenthal, who served in Vietnam. No, he didn't. So there's all <laughs> those things that are floating around. Let's I mean, see what happens.
3: Warren I mean you yeah. could go, you could go down the list Down I mean, the list Exactly again, it's, this doesn't make what he did right. You guys no. uh, guys clearly a fraud, yeah. right. And he won't get reelected. Um, and the voters he- will have their say eventually, exactly. But he does kind of
4: fit into DC when you you think he's a What do you
3: mean, kind of fits? Fits, (laughs) Off the course. Other than the media (laughs) holding microphones in his face and chasing him into elevators right now. Exactly. This guy's par for the course. Yeah. For most of the course.
4: I bet you if he was a Democrat, they'd be, be, nope, he's fine. He's He's good. He's good. Yep. Line him up. Oh, he'd be Nothing a chairman. Of, he'd be. Pelosi had him a chairman of some committee or something. <laughs> Who it. knows? Be celebrating <laughs> with him. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> the cocktail committee. Right. Yeah.
4: Hey, uh, here's one. Uh, Republican Ben Sass Ben Sassy, has officially stepped down opening up an appointment to a seat from Nebraska, the frequent critic of former President Trump. What'd you say?
3: I said, oh darn.
4: (laughs) Left Congress uh, two years ago into his second term to become president of the university of, he's going to be leaving his uh, post to become the university of, uh, the president of the University of Florida.
3: Florida, yeah.
4: Sass, who led Midland University, a small private college in his home state before he ran for Senate, submitted his resignation last month saying he would leave just a couple days ago. Farewell remarks he criticized the body that he had been a member of from 2015 so this institution doesn't work very well right now each of us knows there's too many of him yeah that's that's why (laughs) each of us knows we should be taking a good look in the mirror and acknowledging that lives lived in a a politicized echo chamber are unworthy of a place that calls itself a deliberate body let alone the world's greatest deliberative body he said so yeah. Take that for
3: what it's worth. And it's, and it's and too many of him is why it doesn't work. Too many of him and Paul Ryan, who I'll yeah. get to here in a second. That's why it doesn't work. That's why it hasn't worked. John Boehner, Mitch McConnell. You could go down the list. You could go down the list of weak, pathetic Republicans who have made sure that it hasn't worked. It's worked a lot better for the left than it has for the right because all the body on the right is really on the left Very or true. something like that.
4: Yep. Well, Sasse's departure opens up the seat. Of course, it's going to be appointed to uh, by Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen, who is a Republican.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you <laughs> know, might want to might add in name only after that. He'll probably <laughs> exactly. uh, he'll probably uh, appoint a uh, Democrat.
4: Well, he's he's looking at previous governor Republican Pete Ricketts, who yeah. said he would like the appointment. So
3: there you have it. All right, Philip Patrick from Birch Gold coming up right after this, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. from studio 6b 30 minutes past the hour on a friday night glad you're in slick rick's doing sports rick delgado will do some more news but please welcome back to the show always a pleasure to have my friend philip patrick from birch gold mr patrick how are you doing very well damon how are you I'm very good. Glad to have you on. Lots to get into. We had a CPI reading this week. We'll have a Fed meeting coming up in a couple weeks. Lots to talk about there. Me and you have kind of been at odds as I think back on your last couple appearances on maybe where CPI and inflation is heading. So maybe we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, obviously gold hit 1900 we could talk a little bit about that as well and commodities moving forward I've been talking about how well of a year I think they're going to have but let's start here earlier this week the World Bank released a report on the global economy that was well I know you guys have been looking at it why don't you tell me were you surprised by
5: it What, what did it say Look, we were surprised not with the forecast itself for the economy. We know things are tough. Some of the advice was a little bit strange. But essentially what they did was they slashed their growth forecast for the world economy this year from 3% just a few months ago to 1.7% now. That's less than half of the 60-year average at 3.5%. This would constitute one of the weakest periods of global growth in nearly three decades. So the global picture looking pretty grim. That wasn't surprising, but the World Bank had some strange advice. Essentially, the report warned central banks to avoid excessive global economic slowdown in the pursuit of inflation object- uh, objectives. Essentially, they're saying high inflation is going to be better than high employment or high unemployment, rather, I should say. So right now, we've got high inflation worldwide keeping pressure on global banks to tighten monetary policy. This slows investment and essentially calls the the economy but look i would say the primary takeaway from the report is when recession arrives it's likely going to be global in nature synchronized and i think not too many reliable shelters anywhere it's it's going to be a tough year as you've been saying and uh, i think is is becoming fairly obvious now uh, as we head into the year
3: Yeah, I think I mean, obviously, I can talk more about obviously what's going on here at home. But obviously, I I don't disagree that you'll see this around the world. But obviously, I I would think that the U.S. is probably in a little bit of a different position, having tackled inflation uh, probably a little better than some have. I mean, we've been tight 450 basis points. When we were told by all these Fed governors last year, and you look at the dot plots they put out on what they thought this past 2022 was going to bring, most of them had us raising maybe 25 basis points, 50 basis points at the most. We've raised 450 basis points. We're probably going to get another 25 in the end of this month, beginning of February. So we when you look at us compared to the rest of the world, we have been a lot more aggressive here in the states uh, to try to tackle inflation, although we're still at six and a half percent year over year.
5: You look, 6.5% isn't good news. You're absolutely right. We're ahead of other nations. We we got on top of the raising of interest rates on top of others. And we're not dealing with the same supply chain issues as a lot of Europeans. We're not reliant on Russian gas. And I think that's a, a big benefit. But numbers not that rosy. Listen, they're coming down. Headline inflation came down to 5.6%. Core inflation, though, still at 5. Uh, sorry, 6.5% on headline. Core inflation, though, still at 5%. 0.7%. So, you know, core inflation is everything outside of food and fuel prices. Headline headline inflation coming down 0.1% is certainly welcome news. Core inflation though tends to be stickier and harder to rein in. My feeling is this, and, and this is where we're at odds. But I think without the ability to raise the federal funds rate above the rate of inflation, I think we could be used to higher inflation for a longer period of time. In fact, a recent study of developed markets found that on average, when inflation goes above 9%, it doesn't decline to 3% or less for between 6 and 20 years, with the average being around 10. So like I said, I think higher inflation will be on the cards for the future. And I think the feds two percent target is going to be a pipe dream for quite a long time here in the united states
3: all right so let me play let me just play devil's advocate as we kind of go over the state of inflation where we are now here's the thing when i look at the cpi report that i look at i look at 50 percent of that core that you talked about minus food and energy 50 percent of that report is housing rental inflation and we know that that has turned over so hard, but the Fed uses such lagging data when it comes to yeah. housing. What do you think about the idea that once once that catches up, that we could go into a mode of, of heavy deflation? Now, I don't know that we'll get to 2% this year, but man, it seems to me like that housing, 50% of the report is housing, and we know how lagging that data is. What do you think about that?
5: It is lagging. And look, housing is very much a local thing. Nationally, we're starting to see prices come down. But at least in my local market, we're seeing inventory issues as well. And I think that's very unique to today. We didn't really see this back in 2008. I think house prices can come down significantly. I don't think it's going to be like 2008. We've got solid debt out there. A lot of people won't be willing to let that go. We've got, uh, like I said, a lack of inventory, high demand. So I think house prices will pull down core inflation. You're correct that the data is is dragging. I don't see a deflationary climate anytime soon. I, again, I can't see the Fed even hitting their 2% target over the next three to five years or more. I think inflation is going to be tough to work out of the economy. At the end of the day, there's still a ton of money floating around. Supply chain's still a little bit tight. I think it's going to be a while until we see that.
3: Yeah, the only other thing that um, I st- I really do pay attention to is the bond market, obviously. And the bond market is yeah. is seemingly screaming to the Fed, "You've done enough. You've done yeah. enough." You look at the ten year, you look at the two year, you look at where the bond market is. Everybody who you who you who you listen to, Jeffrey Gunlock and all these bond people, they all say the Fed follows the two year. Well, the two year is saying he's already gone far enough. So, do you expect? a 25 basis point hike and then that's it. And then he leaves that. And then my second follow-up to that is, do you think he leaves the rate unchanged for the whole year? Or do you, do you think as the bond market is saying that he could cut in the later half of 23?
5: I Look, I think we definitely get another quarter point raise. I think that's almost a certainty. I don't think we'll see a Fed cut this year, but I'm not sure about another raise after. A lot of, it, a lot of it's going to depend on the next CPI numbers that come out. Again, I think we might see a, a slight reduction, but I don't think it's going to be as significant as the last. So I predict a, a raise of quarter point. I don't see a cut coming later this year. I don't.
3: Okay. All right, let's turn to the financial markets. Obviously, 2022 was pretty rough, uh, stocks and bonds. Uh, number one, do you think the worst is over? Number two, uh, where do you think people should be looking to diversify into? Where do you, th- would you have an S&P number in your head for 2023? There's a lot of people who say, kind of bearish on the first half of the year, but I turn really bullish in the second half of the year. Are you in that camp? Kind of give me your outlook. Where are you in 2023?
5: Look, I I think we've got a lot of sort of downside risk still, right? You know, people are coming out saying, hey, the worst is over. And I think as inflation numbers come down, those noises are going to get louder. The problem that I have is, yes, we dropped. 20%, 15%, 20% 20%, 15 20% last year, but that was from essentially the most speculative level of valuations in US history, right? If we look at fundamentals, we look at price to earnings as an example, it tells us there's still quite a lot of air to come out of the bubble. Let's remember something else as well. In the last seven recessions, the stock market bottomed on average 12 months after the first Fed cut, which we haven't seen, of course, 13 months after the unemployment rate bottoms out, which, again, I don't think we've seen. So I think a lot of investors are grossly underestimating what we call tail risk, right? The probability that their investments will drastically underperform compared to history. Uh, Jeremy Grantham's hedge fund, GMO, published a seven-year asset Uh, Class forecast, they're suggesting for U.S. stocks and bonds, they're predicting negative returns for the next seven years, and that's before inflation. Now, I think that might be extreme, but I don't think we start to see a boom this year. I think it's going to take a little bit of time, some more air to come out of the bubble, some rationality in terms of pricing before we start to see more upside.
3: Yeah. So let's talk about gold, because um, I've been talking about gold outside of even talking about you. We've talked about commodities, hard yep. assets, gold and silver. Gold's up another about $16, $17 today, trading yep. about nineteen fifteen. From a technical analysis part, if you just pull up the chart, it looks like it's broken some resistance. It looks like it's on That's possible new highs to 23 I look at the gold mining stocks though and they seem like they're lagging gold itself very barely positive. Give me your setup for 23 for when you look at gold, do you look at the chart? Where where do you think it's going?
5: Listen, I think I think we've seen the upside that we've been expecting for a while. We saw a little bit of downside in the last quarter of last year on the back of dollar strengthening. Dollar strengthening is very typical after we see some aggressive downside in the markets. People flood to cash. It strengthens the dollar, but it's usually short-lived. It's a holding pattern. And then they say, okay, now what? And typically it's the jump to commodities. We've seen that dollar strength start to come off, which obviously drives gold prices up. Uh, I think this is going to be a very good year for gold. I think we'll hit new highs at some point this year, which would put gold probably in the 2100 range. Depending on what happens with inflation, the markets, the Fed, obviously we know that's going to dictate a lot of things. But if we get some more bad news, I think we could see gold breach through the 22 2300 mark by the end of the year. There's some big banks predicting that. So, you know, I think it'll be a very, very good year for gold. And if the start's anything to go by, you know, it, 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 it's looking really strong
3: yeah the 50-day moving average just crossed to 200 and in the business yep. we call that a golden cross and that's extremely exactly, bullish that's so right. let's talk about a couple other things that obviously americans can do to safeguard their savings what else could they be looking at
5: right now look i i think precious metals in general make a ton of sense we talk a lot about gold and of course in this climate with inflation currency concerns it's it it Rightly so. I think silver is something for people to consider if we're talking about precious metals. Different sort of play, right? It's a hybrid. It has safe haven properties as well as industrial. The key with silver, though, is value. Silver's cheap today. Um, Historical trading ratio with gold about 16 to 1 post 70s about 35 to one gold and silver running at 80 to one today i think puts silver in a really interesting position for me it's going to be a longer term growth play right it may involve the economy picking up industrial consumption increasing but for a long-term growth play i think silver's a very very interesting play today
3: All right, we've been talking to Philip Patrick, of course, from Birch Gold, where you can text the word America to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold. That's the way to get started, folks. Get your options on the table. Find out what's good for you. Uh, listen, growing these things in a tax-sheltered account has got to – I mean, that's a – you know, looking at what, what's, what's going on at the IRS, look at what's going on in this country. To think about growing these kind of things uh, tax-free is certainly something that I think everybody should be looking at. Text America to 989898 and at least get the information. There's no obligation. Uh, Philip Patrick, love having you on the show. Love talking about these things. It's going to be an interesting year, and uh, we'll do it again
5: soon. I look forward to it, Damon. Thank you, as always. All
3: right, Philip Patrick from Birch Gold right there. And, again, you can text America to 989898. Get your free information kit from Birch Gold today. Uh, all right, uh, pretty good, huh, Slick Rick? Gold is, uh Gold is on the move, man. I'll tell you, you look at the chart like we were just talking about, and I've been talking about gold, not just because he comes on the show. I've been talking about gold, obviously, being in yep. the market uh, being in the crypto market, being in the regular market, looking at uh, obviously owning gold myself, looking at gold setup, um, it's set up for a good year. I mean, you look at it, it's broke resistance to fifty, just crossed to two hundred. Just from if you just looked at the chart, if you took the name off the chart, people didn't know what it was you were looking at, and you put it in front of someone who knows how to read charts, and you say, "Look at this chart." They'd say, "That's a bullish chart," and that, and that's what you're looking at when you look at that when you look at that chart. It's a it's a bullish chart going into this year. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. More news, more sports, odds makers. What even is that? All still coming up. Stay with us. From Studio 6B, 13 to the hour, we'll do some sports and news. And I'd love to lead, I mean, as everybody loves to do, they all on Twitter, social media, BREAKING, BIG BREAKING, all caps, BREAKING NEWS. Well, (laughs) for a lot of us, this is not going to be breaking news. This is just going to be ho-hum, welcome to where some of us were a year and a half, two years ago and talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. This was earlier today uh, on, on Fox News. This is the report they just came out with. Okay, Damon. Why don't you actually send the video, the audio, to the people so they can hear it? Uh, what might be a better idea. Take two.
2: Yes, and we are just getting word of this now regarding the COVID vaccine. The CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and strokes in some of those patients. And we are just getting worse.
3: Your reaction.
4: <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome
3: Way to go to there, the Fox
4: News and your investigative division of suppressing news. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say. We what? were we were on this for a long time.
3: I know, but the fact that this is coming from the CDC, not the not the not that I happen to pick Fox News who's reporting it. The fact that it's coming from the CDC.
4: Well, the CDC is now getting out in front of the story because they know they're going to be investigated by the House. They know it's coming. So of course now it's oh my goodness, look at what we just found here. Meanwhile, the Twitter files that have, have been shown. Uh, I believe there's another one that just came out today was showing how the CDC was actively campaigning against any information about the vaccines. So, you know what? This this is all part of that whole thing. Oh, we just found out. Now we're going to look into we really, you know, we care about you. No, you don't. Shut up. You people knew about this stuff. Was the CDC out there out front yelling and screaming, jumping up and down when Pfizer said, oh, we want to hide all our data for 75 years? What did the CDC say when they said that? Anything? Crickets. That's right. You didn't hear a damn word from the CDC. Why? Because they were in on it.
0: They were all in on it. Any word from Dr.
4: Fauci? no dr fauci doesn't have anything to say today Mm -hmm. not at all dr malone has been all over this dr uh what's what's the other guy's name ah mccullough mccullough he's been all over this these guys read their sub stacks go find the evidence it's been out there for a while and and the fact that now oh the big news is starting to get onto oh the cdc is going to share this with us we have to take this seriously now what the, the the dead bodies of people falling out of no for, with no reason just dropping dead was not enough of a reason to go hey you know maybe we should look into this let's not care about what the CDC says let's do our own investigation let's not take our marching orders from the federal government about something that the federal government could be
3: involved in in well, trying to cover up well they're all the federal government yeah that's, the, that's... they're all one big leviathan right uh, I mean they're all one big arm. Yeah, but you know, I mean, well, I'd, ra- CDC, I'd, ra- I'd rather, oh. I'd rather get it than not get it. Well, we're going to
4: get it. Whether the CDC wants to share it or not, because those investigations are going to happen. Well, the Twitter be- files are coming out. Fauci's going to be investigated. He's probably going to be called. I can't wait to see what Rand Paul has to say to him. And I'm sure Rand Paul is going to be calling up his buddies in the house and be like, Hey, you know what? Ask him about this. Cause of course he's a Senator. He can't be in the house for that stuff. But I'm sure he can help them along and be like, look, here's some of the notes. Here's some of the investigations. Here's some of the things that we've done. I can't wait to see what Robert F. Kennedy has to say about this stuff. They've been attacking him just because he was raising questions Mm -hmm. about vaccines. Robert Kennedy,
3: Malone, McCullough, um, many others. Many other doctors who don't necessarily have that headline status that Malone and McCullough have taken on over this last three years. Um, the guy I keep playing, John, um, who, who pretty much calls it down the middle, but still he called for a total stoppage of the vaccine program. Who's the guy for John from, from, um, From the UK that I keep playing. I forget his name. I don't know. I'm 50. I got to get that alpha brain. (laughs) Joe Rogan's (laughs) alpha brain. I'm going to start taking that, Slick Rick. Have you you heard anybody who's taking (laughs) that? No. Paul Nolan takes it. You just need to plant the (laughs) ginkgo biloba tree in the backyard. It's the same stuff. It's kind of the same thing. So (laughs) I'm uh, going to start taking that. Hey, G, headline. Speaking of my mental problems, let's go over to uh, headline over here. Biden says he is unaware of any classified docs or who he is or why he's sitting in this oval shaped office. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, by the way, you know how many emails and things I got on the um the, the Jay Leno the Jay Leno clip? That's one of the best clips ever. <laughs> oh, on the
0: paper trail, With the papers going
3: out the back. I love that. That was a classic. Man, I got a lot of feedback on that. I couldn't believe it. You just you know sometimes you don't know. You find these funny things and you play them. Man, it just Resonates with people. That one definitely did. Oh man. All right, let's do some sports here. Uh twenty twenty-two past the hour. And uh, here with that is uh, Slick Rick, Rick Emerati. What's going on, pal? All
0: right, let's go to the rodeo. Friday Night Rodeo, the National Western Stock Show in Rodeo. There's a mouthful for you. Denver, Colorado, Big D. This is the Denver Coliseum. Hey, great little place. So here we go. This is through the weekend. Uh, so bracket one, first round. Kyla Dick, 3.8 seconds on Steer Wrestling. <laughs> Team funny. Roping. Also bracket one, Ty Arnold and Caden Profili, 4.6 seconds. Good score. Tie down first round, Preston Pedersen, 8.6 seconds. And just one more event that's underway, barrel racing. First round, Jamie, no relations to Superman's Jimmy Olsen, 15.18 tenths of a second. And the total payout on this rodeo, 351 big ones. Good one, Mugdig.
3: Yeah. Gio just reminds me that it's five minutes. It's five minutes till the hour, not 22 minutes past. Oh, God. Let's start working on that Send tree. Send me out break. I, I looked at the clock. I looked at the wrong clock. <laughs> oh, mighty. I can't help it.
0: Uh, Some more sad news in the sports world. Former Alabama. Going blank f-
3: now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. My mom's going blank now.
0: Let me reset this now. Former Alabama football player Ahmad Galloway found dead at 42 years old. This is Warner Todd Houston of Breitbart. Former University of Alabama standout running back Ahmad Galloway died suddenly in his home on Monday. He was only 42. Galloway was an English teacher at Compton Drew Middle School in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, But when he did not show up for work on Monday, co-workers and school administrators became worried. School officials called the police to do a welfare check on the teacher out of their concern over his uncharacteristic absence. Ahmad has always been on time, very responsible, so we knew something might be wrong. School principal Susan Reed said there wasn't anything disrupted Ahmad's re- apartment, so we were thinking that it could have been a medical issue. Galloway was a standout with the Crimson Tide, earning 1,830 yards with 17 TDs over his four years. In 2021, he rushed for 881 yards on 174 carries with six touchdowns for Alabama. Um, he was drafted into the NFL by the Denver Broncos in the seventh round of the 2003 draft. However, Galloway suffered an injury very early, and set out his entire first season. After that, he jumped around to several other teams and played in NFL Europe. Um, but his NFL career was over at that point. And the former player uh, then went into high school coaching in 2010 and earned his teaching certificate. So another another player, Big D, passing away. And they haven't given us much background on that, but sorry to hear that. Uh, and one more quick one. And we talked about this earlier in the week. WWE reportedly looking to sell company by middle of 2023. Zach Wasink of Yardbarker reporting there's wow. now a yeah there's now a timeline for the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, when it could be sold. According to Josh Nason of Wrestling Observer, Figure Four Online, professional wrestling journalist Dave Melzer uh, reported during the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Radio program that J.P. Morgan is assisting WWE in its attempt to sell the company by the middle of 2023. Um, obviously, the saga of this whole sale took an interesting turn when Stephanie McMahon, Vince's daughter, officially stepped down as CEO of the WWE. Uh, this left Nick Khan as WWE CEO and resulted in Vince McMahon being elected the company's executive chairman of the board. So yeah, he's the chairman elect- of the board, Big Being
3: elected, sure. Yeah, so anyway. That's what anyway. We'll call
0: it. We'll see what happens. They got a big TV. Uh, their TV rights with uh, Fox and USA are set to expire in 2024. So, yeah, you know, WWE is still
3: that election was more fraudulent than 2020. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how. Here's how that went. Uh, I'm the chairman now. Thank
0: you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, good night. <laughs> anyway, thank you. That's wrapping sports.
3: <laughs> All right, Slick Rick. Very good. Uh, hour two coming up live from Studio Six B on a Friday night. From Studio Six B on a Friday night hour two, Slick Rick's doing sports. Rick Delgado's right over here, going to do what even is that coming up here in a second. Glad you're in. Philip Patrick joined us in the first segment, uh, first hour, I mean, third segment. Talk about where we are with CPI and gold. I mean, we just me and him just firmly disagree on where we're going. I think we're going to see inflation roll over hard. And by the way, it's no credit to Joe Biden, but it's just it's just the Fed and the tools they use. In the lagging indicator that they're working on, I think you're going to see inflation roll over hard into deflation in the later half of this year. 50% of that report is rent. I can tell you for sure rent is rolled over hard compared to the data they're using to come up with these numbers. So we'll see, though. We'll see. Um, all right, lots to do. Still get into this Biden scandal. I got some good clips. I want to get into Don Lemon pushing back on Schumer. Um Kamala, she was out talking, so you know we've got some funny stuff there. We have an LOL today. We have an Is This English? We didn't do this the other day. Let's quickly do this, Joe, uh, G, because this is funny. Is This English? Biden was running late for his speech and came out, and this is how he opened it. Roll it. <laughs> Pay attention. So I'm
6: a little late, and uh, I'm due at uh, the police. Have a seat National Cathedral at after uh, 11 but
3: uh good morning
4: you with the time wait what what cathedral
3: (laughs) that's how we uh that's how we started this conversation if you have any idea (laughs) What what the hell he was talking about write me an email let me know i'll give you one more shot one more shot at it this is at the white house the fake scenery there the fake stage there the press there this is, comes out, this is the first thing he says. Crank the volume here a little bit, Fran, too, so we can hear a little more of it. Roll it, G. So I'm a little
6: late, and uh, I'm due at uh, the police, have a seat National Cathedral at after uh, 11, but good uh, Good morning. <laughs> He had a
0: Winchester Cathedral. He's I, don't
3: like, like, I don't know if he's giving secret code <laughs> to somebody. Like, like, <laughs> like, instead of like beep 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 Winchester beep beep, beep he's actually giving it in word form. It's I have no flying, idea. No that? idea.
4: Maybe he was. Maybe he was flashing back to one of his previous jobs when he. You know, maybe he was. He was calling out something when he. When was used the to pope work for the MTA,
3: you know. I did Christmas Eve mass at the National Cathedral. I don't know. What I have no idea. No idea. So. Tra-
4: train to the National Cathedral at 11.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, leading out of that, it's time uh, now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show. And that, of course, is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. Well, thank you,
4: Damon. And I think you would uh, You're agree. You're welcome. Thank um, Thank you. <laughs> Good night. Uh, night, It's it's been a very interesting week. From Joe Biden visiting the border for a uh, pre-approved sanitized photo op to the sudden fake science that gas stoves must be banned because they can kill you and everything in between. You'd be correct in thinking, man, oh, man, we've had a full week, haven't we? Woo, woo. Well, I hope you left some room for dessert, (laughs) because I think the most interesting thing we've seen this week has to be the revelations of former President Obama's Vice President Joe Biden finding himself in quite a peculiar situation. You see, after the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago and stole declassified documents from President Trump, Joe was quick to proclaim this about President Trump.
6: It's just uh, totally irresponsible. Mm
4: -hmm. Yes totally irresponsible joe Mm. why you know what just hearing those three words together gives me an idea for coffee i call this a cup of totally irresponsible joe yeah made with only the finest delaware beans from the shores of rehoboth we spent 80 years brewing this lie and you can imagine it's terrible well Getting back to it, though, it was first announced last weekend that classified documents were founded at, uh, at Biden's namesake think tank, right? <laughs> yeah. And at first, we all thought this was a Babylon Bee headline because they actually used Biden and think think tank in yep. the same sentence. Sure. Can't be. But then something strange happened. Oh, much like a night in our underwear wrestling with Paul Pelosi. <laughs> facts started to hit us in the head like a ball peen hammer. <laughs> So what happens when you have questions? Hmm. You look for answers. Well, yeah. But but we were stymied by Biden's press secretary, oh. the wily Kareem Abdul Jabbar Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Of course. Oui oh, oui.
3: Oh, oh,
4: <laughs> yes, of course she reacted quite cleverly by identifying herself as an inept, clumsy, dim-witted, yet affable sergeant of the guard of the German army, better known as Sergeant Schultz, with basically this being the answer to every question.
2: I know nothing. Hmm.
4: Yeah, but don't worry, because we do know something, and we call it BS. You see, the week wasn't over, because then Thursday happened. And oh. what do our wondering eyes should appear, but more classified documents that Joe Biden had hidden <laughs> over here? There's the circle. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. Lampshade
3: and classified documents.
4: <laughs> Sounding more like a more like a joke than an old Frank Zappa song. Uh, over here was was Joe's Joe's garage in Delaware. That's right, classified documents from the United States government that Joe Biden had no authority to remove and personally possess were right there in his garage. But don't worry,
6: because Joe says it was secure. And by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage, okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, (laughs) yes, as well as my Corvette.
4: Yeah, you see that? His garage had a lock on it, dumb doozy. And probably from one of those garage doors that are that so secure that you can only control it with a specific secure device as well. Yeah. Look, here's Joe Guy right now making sure he's got the most secure garage door in Delaware. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and believe me, when it comes to security, that is the one thing the Biden family takes extremely seriously. Sure. For, from disposing of guns oh, yeah. in dumpsters to, to diaries left at a flop house in Florida. Well, To to, to laptops littering Delaware, security is a Biden family hallmark. We try. Seriously, what even is that? Come on. Want to know? Do you want to know you know you're bad at security or handling classified documents? How do you know? that even Edward Snowden is goofing on you. <laughs> the former computer Intel uh, consultant who leaked highly classified documents from the NSA in 2013 and had to escape to Russia and even is now a Russian citizen, even he handled classified documents better than Joe Biden. I mean just look at his tweet. Yeah. As you can see from here, he says, "Wow." He says, "Even I handled class even I handled classified documents more securely. At least I kept them encrypted." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Sadly, the only thing encrypted in Joe's world these days seems to be His brain. The English language. Oh,
3: yeah, that too. <laughs> um, uh,
6: I can't have Joe reading this.
4: <laughs> and, and you know what? Maybe that's a blessing because at least we know if Joe can't read, then maybe Mister G spent all that good Chinese money on nothing. But let's hope for at least he got a ride in Joe's little green Corvette. Little Joey too fast. And, and little Green Damon, car back. back to you. Oh, 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 look at this. Hey, I think we found some documents. Dill is turning into some classified breakfast tacos. <laughs> oh, good
3: Lord. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. <laughs> <Okay>. What? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> what? what? All right, okay. G, back to the song. I have a rough version. Back to the song. <laughs> What's wrong with rough the song? Version. Number one. My friend over here who does sports is appalled <laughs> at the use of his favorite I don't know uh, human being of. and artist of all time song being used. But let's me just <laughs> let focus on the artist here.
4: I, I don't know what you
3: speak of. I, I'm, you just be quiet. You're okay. done with your part now. <laughs> me and Slick Rick here are going to analyze with Gio yes. and friend. <laughs> let's play that song one more time. And let's listen to this voice here.
4: Little green Corvette. All
3: right, stop it. All right, dog- be- God, I want you to do this. What? And then I want you to sing that song. <laughs> Why? Were you watching me do it in my <laughs> I, at home? I
4: guess I know. That kind of, it, it kind of naturally happens when you tried your yeah, sure, Prince. I'm
3: sure it did. Let me hear it one more time. Go ahead, J. Play that. Little green Corvette. Hey, that's Rick Delgado. And Don't you got to do the, the clap.
1: Well,
3: let's do the second part here.
4: Little green Corvette.
3: Oh, that's it. Oh, good. All right. Very good. Oh, wow. You're multi-talented. Thank you. Yes. I
4: got extra talent.
3: I think my favorite picture of this whole thing is the um, picture of Joe in the open, in the convertible with all the things, and it says, what? The doors were locked. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the best part. So, Uh, very good. Very good. Um, You (laughs) know (laughs) what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. Um... All right, let's get to a couple of things on this today, speaking of that. Uh, there's a good article, by the way, about this whole, what I keep going back to, this, the whole idea. It's, this is, is entitled Drip, Drip, Drip in the American Spectator today, and it makes as little sense to Daniel Flynn as it does to me. And he opens by saying, what did George Santos communication team take over public relations <laughs> for the Biden administration? Uh, the drip, drip, drip nature of the revelations over GarageGate goes contrary to the standard playbook that dictates the release of information all at once when few pay attention. Instead of coming out, say, the Friday night before Christmas, this story hits the public in waves at a time when so little distracts from it. So unlike any Democrat administration. Uh, this is a good article, and uh, it's, exa- it's exactly right. It's, is that
4: a conspiracy theory?
3: I don't think so. It's not a conspiracy theory to say that there's some reason that this is coming out now. We just don't know. Well,
4: no, I mean the, the manner in which it, like he just described there, normally it comes out in a big thing, maybe at like 5 o'clock on a Friday when, when there's a busy weekend, so it gets lost. This, he points out rightly, it's, it's happening in prime time. It's happening when there's not a lot of other things going on. It came out after. You would think if, if they were going to release this, during, during last week when the house was going through its, its jumping jacks and, and, and gymnastics trying to get a speaker, you would have thought that would have been the perfect time because everybody was focused on the house. Yeah. But the house stuff got done on Friday night late, and then all of a sudden Saturday, this story breaks. Yeah. It's almost like somebody was waiting for the perfect time, and uh, you know I saw some people in the chat, and, and they've been saying this the last couple of days, and I, I've kind of, I kind of, it makes me wonder as well. Is this an inside job? Is is it somebody from uh, the inside that says, you know what, it's time for for us to cut this guy loose?
3: Maybe a Susan Rice. Uh, it absolutely has to be. It has to be a whistleblower. I mean, we can call him a whistleblower. Maybe that makes it sound too nice. Maybe it's somebody who's like you say is just saying. It's, t- it's time to start down this road, and this yeah. is how we're going to do it. But there's no reason for this to be happening. Why, why is this happening right now to him?
4: I think it's because the, the investigations that are going to start, it's, gonna, they, it's probably going to get even uglier than this. What would, figured... Why would
3: they have an investigation into this? There was, there was zero, zero, other than the fact that nobody bought that Trump was the only president to ever ha- have documents. That's ridiculous. Right.
4: But I'm but I'm saying if they can use this to get him out, then it's like, well, what do you have to investigate him for now? He's gone. You know what I mean?
3: Well, yes, but that's OK. Yes. But you're moving way down the road. Well, what, yeah. I'm, what I'm saying is it's not like the House was going, hey, we're going to be we're going to be looking into all the former presidents uh, and what they took for classified information. It's not like that was on the table before this comes out. Why is this coming out? This it has to be a whistleblower. Somebody who they knew was not going to sit on this any longer. I mean, that's the only thing that makes even reasonable sense. Yeah,
4: and then you have to ask, well, who who decided the attorney was going to go do this?
3: It wasn't Joe. All right, live from Studio 6B. More to do sports and news coming up. live from studio 6b on a friday night time to do some sports sports is brought to you by our friend mike lindell mypillow.com slash lfs6b promo code lfs6b at checkout we'll save you 10 to 60 percent off and sometimes it'll just get you one damn good price on whatever mike's putting out puts out these deals in the morning i try to post them when i get them and some of them are just fantastic if you're looking to shop for valentine's day to give somebody a good gift um well, good stuff over there. Use our code six LFSXP. Great way to support the show, and we appreciate it. Slick Rick,
0: what's going on in sports? Yeah, nice bathrobe for Valentine's Day, Big D. That'd mm. be a nice gift. Real nice. Some nice I don't know if they nice have a
3: quadruple XL that's going to fit me, but for you, <laughs> yeah. for normal people's size, yeah, great stuff. Love Mike's stuff. Yeah. All right,
0: well, uh, we can't wait for the odds makers coming up. Last segment, stick around. We got a good one. Big NFL action this weekend. I got them all lined up, Big D. I can't you seem,
3: wait. You seem... Um, seem very confident and very excited about your picks this weekend. Yeah, which usually means I'll probably
0: drop five out of six.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, exactly yeah. where I was going, Ow. G. See, he's going that he's, you know, Gio's on to everything. That's I exactly where I was going. He yeah, seems they can a little that guy. overly, um, like, you know. Uh, okay, Paul, thanks. All right, yeah. I'll tell him you can't be here. You know, one of those deals. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have I to see me, what the picks dude. are. That's always the giveaway is what the picks are. If he's on the public side or the sharp side, we'll see.
0: Meanwhile, Nolan is always mysteriously absent
3: when we do odds makers. Exactly. Uh, yeah, see? Making our, making my point. Exactly. Thank uh, you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> He's absent two or three times a week, but that's another <laughs>
4: story.
3: All right, what's in sports?
0: All right, well, Turkey has $500,000 bounty on Ennis Cantor Freedom. Uh, this is posted by Larry Brown Sports earlier today. Uh, Turkey has placed a $500,000 bounty on basketball player Ennis Cantor Freedom. You remember him. We talked about him with the Celtics and how he was very anti-China. Uh, the Turkish Minute published a story this week in which they say the Turkish Interior Ministry has uh, published its terrorist-wanted list. Cantor is included on the list, and there's a $500,000 bounty for information that will lead to the capture of those on the list. That makes it so dangerous, Freedom told the New York Post before the bounty. Turkish intelligence were after the people on the list, but now everyone is after them because they want the money. Cantor has been a wanted person in his home country for criticizing the Turkish government led by President... Taip Erdogan, Uh, Turkey canceled Cantor's passport in 2017 and attempted to have him deported from Romania, but the NBA intervened in 2019. He did not travel with the Knicks to London for fear of his safety. excuse me, Cantor, uh, 30, has lived in the United States for 13 years. He was drafted number three overall in 2011 by the Utah Jazz and began his NBA began his career. Cantor averaged a double-double in three seasons during his career. He was traded by the Boston Celtics, the Houston Rockets, and we know there was a lot going on as uh, he, was, he has not been signed since he believes he is being blackballed for being outspoken about China and the, uh, the Uyghurs and all that. So, you know, what a story. But uh, yeah, that just popped over there on uh, Larry Brown Sports. Very interesting. See what happens with that. And, uh, well, now we know the reason why your buddy uh, must have retired early from being an umpire, Big D. Triple A adopts robot umpires for 2023, one step closer to entering Major League Baseball. This is Paul Boys of uh, Breitbart. Major League Baseball may soon adopt robot umpires now that Triple A stadiums have approved electronic strike zones. According to ESPN, sources confirm that the electronic strike zones will be used in all 30 class Triple A parks in 2023. Three, seemingly another significant step forward to the implementation of the technology at the big league level in the near future. The automatic balls and strike system, commonly referred to as ABS, uh, will be a uh, deployed in uh, two different ways, half of the Class AAA teams will be played with all of the calls determined by an electronic strike zone, and the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system similar to that used in professional tennis. noted the ESPN: so In other words, if somebody wants to challenge a strike, they'll obviously look at it on the ABS system. Uh, each team will be allowed three challenges per game, uh, with uh, teams retaining challenges in case when they are when they are proved correct, so they won't lose their challenge. So I don't know, Big D. Looks like the uh, baseball is shifting to the electronic world. Who knows? We may not have empires anymore. They may have it with a a ball where they can actually see when the guy reaches the base and the ball reaches the player's mitt. They may not need them making calls down the line there either.
3: So really wild. Well, I mean, other than, you know, the the thing they don't want is to slow the game down. But, I mean, I don't know. I I think technology is going to help all these things eventually. They just got to use it the right way. Football, hockey, all yeah. of them. Yep, absolutely. Just can't slow the game down. Baseball is already long enough, man. Oh, yes. some, some of these games that feel like they're four hours long. Some of them, like watching grass grow, yeah. literally. Exactly. Right. That's oh,
0: wrapping some... sports. Big D coming up with the odds makers at the end of the show.
3: Again, he seems very excited. <laughs> He's
0: very oh, excited to, nice. to get to the odds. Imagine I I'm... get like old six man. Forget about getting the West. Man, of I'm man. starting to
3: feel like there's something going on here. If he goes like five and oh, 6 and zero oh this weekend, gee, we're going to have full fledged investigation going on here because. He's given me the idea that he's very confident and excited. So almost too confident. Almost too confident. Thank you very much. Yeah, Rick that God. emoji makes you think, huh? Rick it's, it's, almo-
4: it's almost like he's got that uh, that almanac that that Marty McFly mm. tried to take back from the future. Oh, Something like yeah. that. Yes. Right. Yep. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> take me away. All right, we'll do so. Odds makers coming up. We'll see what the picks are. That'll give me the that'll give me the first uh, that'll give me the real idea here of where, <laughs> where we are. So we'll do that at the end <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I, mean, I know one of those
0: picks is going to make you go whoa there.
3: <laughs> no. Oh, say.
0: Look
3: at it, oh, look at it. See? he's already I, letting. Hey, hey, come on! He can't get... keep a secret. This guy, I know. I'm, and man, he said, "There, all play, locked
0: You take me to play polka, cleans out my bank account.
3: <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, I think my my ears just went dead. Uh, G's gonna say something to me. Let's do some news. I'll replace my batteries here. Uh, And here with the news is Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? All
4: right. Well, this coming from just the news, South Carolina GOP Rep. Ralph Norman, who is a recent guest on uh, Steve Bannon's show right here on this very network, uh, says that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is not a conservative, and he he agrees with former presidential candidate Michelle Bachman that McConnell should step aside. He said, and I quote, being a Republican, you need to practice conservative principles. Which should be the model of our party, Norman said Wednesday on this edition of Just the News, No Noise. Uh, Mitch McConnell does not represent that. I was glad that Rick, uh, Senator Rick Scott, ran against him, but he's no conservative. Former GOP presidential candidate and Minnesota Congresswoman Michelle Bachman called for McConnell to resign from his current term and hand the reins over to someone else. I would hope, with all due respect, that Mitch McConnell would just recognize and leave, Bachman said on John Solomon's report um she said she even thinks uh i think even for him to leave now in his term would be wise to hand the reins over to someone else uh, i could not agree with uh michelle moore norman said what she's saying is right mitch mcconnell to his credit shepherded through the uh supreme court justice but he should do that just start to get things together and leave. We just stopped passing anything in the Senate has until they get their act together. Yeah. Ro- Norman concluded, under Mitch McConnell, it can't happen, and it can't come quick enough.
3: Anybody could have got those judges through given the situation we were in. Anybody. Yeah. So please, with Mitch McConnell, stop. Get out.
4: By the way, you know President Trump calls his wife Coco Chow, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. We're debating a T-shirt design on it right now. So...
4: Uh, here's kind of a sad story uh, about jack nicholson one of the best uh oh, yeah. well, 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 you know uh, an iconic actor his friends oh. are airing concerns that the aging star is increasingly reclusive in nature a new report has revealed an anonymous insider to- uh, close to the 85 year old actor says he doesn't want to face reality anymore and he's holed up in his luxurious mulholland drive mansion in la it's been more than a year since the A-lister was last seen in public at an LA Lakers game accompanied by his 30-year-old son Ray, the appearance came more than a year after the famed womanizer's last Lakers game in January 2020. Speaking to the source confided in those to the actor, who's had six children uh, who's had six children by five women but only married once, they're fearful he will die a recluse like his late friend, the legendary Marlon Brando. Wow. Jackson touched with certain relatives, they say, especially Ray, his son, his protege, who he's very proud of. But his socializing days are long gone, the insider said, referring to the star's 30-year-old son. Um Ray, the actor's youngest child, was seen sitting with his father during the last two outings where um, Jack made an appearance at those Lakers games. If you don't recall, Brando died a virtual recluse himself after leading such a colorful life, and Jack's friends are drawing comparisons. They say uh. his kids will visit, but they're his only connection to the outside world, and he doesn't want to face reality anymore. It's just so sad. So, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we don't, we don't. We don't see that happen. Uh, Jack Nicholson, just an iconic actor, part of the uh, the fabric of this country, I think, with all the roles that he's played yep. uh, throughout his entire career. So, you know, we only hope for the best for Jack Nicholson. Mm, probably completed his bucket list. Yeah.
3: All right, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night, Gordon Chang with our own Chris Carter coming up when we get back. An important interview because... Let's face it, China is on the move, and Gordon Chang says we need to be preparing for war with the same veracity that China is showing. Chris Carter interviewed him. It's an important one. You'll see it when we get back right after this.
1: And more is being revealed about the biden China Gate scandal almost hourly, it seems. Joining me now is author of The China US Tech War, Gordon Chang, here. I have a question right off the bat. Let's just get into it, Mr. Chang. The Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Development, excuse me, and global engagement took 47 million dollars for 3 years that the Bidens were affiliated with it. Talk to me a little bit about that. What are we finding out about this organization?
6: Before uh, the Penn Biden Center was formed, There were really just disturbing reports about how China had been funding the University of Pennsylvania to the tens of millions of dollars. And then you add the Penn-Biden Center, where then China ups its contributions. Although they don't go directly to the Penn-Biden Center, um, one can worry that there was some sort of indirect relationship, as it appears. And right now, with the documents being found there, um, this is just one development after another, And I think we're going to learn a lot more about this relationship as time goes on.
1: I want to pause for just a moment right here because I know a lot of parents out there watching, they hear China, they think TikTok. You've studied this extensively. TikTok is now banned on government devices and they've repeatedly made promises to the Biden administration. Should U.S. parents trust TikTok?
6: Uh, Absolutely not. Because TikTok and its parent ByteDance have made numerous promises to the U.S. about data security. And we have found that all of those promises have been violated. Um, And I believe that it's because the Chinese government really wants this data. It can use it for intimidation purposes. It can learn a, a lot about young Americans. And some of them actually go on to be president and Supreme Court justices and speakers of the House. So um, this is extremely important for it. But there's something else about this, Chris, and that is that the TikTok algorithm, which is very sophisticated. It knows what you like. It knows what you don't like. It is able to move opinion. And China has been using the algorithm to propagate its narratives and the narratives of Russia, its great friend. So this is something to influence the American people. And for those two reasons, TikTok is a national security threat.
1: I wanna go back to the University of Pennsylvania and the Chinese government's attempts to infiltrate these upper echelons of higher education. We first heard about this through these things called the Confucius Institutes, and now they've rebranded themselves. Talk to the American public about these efforts by the Chinese government to infiltrate U.S. universities.
6: Yeah, Confucius Institutes were on 118 college and university campuses in the United States. Um, Most of them have been closed, uh, all but eight, um, but they have now reappeared in uh, rebranding, as as you mentioned. And that means that different organizations or different people, but essentially it's the same function. Uh, China wants to influence American political thought. And one of the ways to do it is to make sure that universities feel beholden to China. And it's not just the University of Pennsylvania. We see this throughout. Um, Universities, by the way, have not been complying with their federal uh, legal requirements of disclosing contributions from foreign sources of $250,000 or more. Much of that money does come from China. And therefore, this is undisclosed influence operations uh, on the part of the Chinese.
1: Mr. Chang, let me ask you one final question that I think our American audience would want to know. You've been studying this, this, this China influence in America for quite some time. How much money do you think, ballpark, the Biden family has received from the government of China?
6: Yeah, I, that's really difficult to, because there's been ways that they've been funneling money through Hunter Biden and through the Penn Biden Center. And we don't know how much money has ended up directly into the pockets of the Biden family. But if it's more than one penny, then I think that it's um, a real problem um, because China has been uh, working very hard to influence the Biden family. We know that Chinese officials think they own Biden. And whether they're correct or not, the point is that's what they're going to act on. Um, so we've got a real problem here. And by the way, I should have said more than zero instead of one penny.
1: Well, we do know that the University of Pennsylvania paid from 2017 to 2019, former Vice President Biden, almost a million dollars. So that seems a little bit more like a penny to me. That's Gordon Chang, The China-U.S. Tech Wars, his book. You can find that on Amazon. And we'll continue to monitor this story as we find out things hourly between the alliance between the Chinese government and the Biden family. I'm Christopher Carter in Washington, D.C.
3: All right, good stuff with Chris Carter and Gordon Chang there. And his last question there about the Biden. I mean, they're attached at the hip. The Biden family and the CCP are attached at the hip. This Penn Biden Center's got 60 plus million dollars of Chinese money in there. Hunter Biden, the relationship between China and, and Ukraine and the money in and the, and the sun. It's just, I mean, it's just one big incestuous cesspool. That's what it is.
4: Yeah. And, and then you, you lump into that what the University of Pennsylvania was paying him. That they were probably using the money they got from China, so it was it was kind of a laundry thing. He's like, look, it's not really costing us anything. The Chinese are giving us the money to pay Joe. It's just nobody's supposed to know about it. So, you, when when you start to factor in all those things, I'm sure Bobolinsky would probably have a, a good take on, you know, approximately what kind of what kind of oh, yeah. uh, money numbers they're looking
3: at. Uh, Peter Schweitzer would have even a better take uh, as he's he's looked into this, has written a book about it. So um again the bottom line is their ccp and but the biden family are linked at the hip is the is the bottom line which makes which looms over all of these things with these documents who was there yeah who are the visitors to this place over the last eight years so uh good stuff gordon chang is fantastic on all that and i'll tell you he he's he thinks we need to uh we need to be we're taking our eyes off the ball and the ball being China. So uh, a couple things here. I wanted to get to this in the opening and then I got to Jim Jordan's letter, but I I thought this was, um, I thought this was pretty good. Speaker McCarthy considering expunging president Trump's impeachments. It's being reported this morning that house speaker Kevin McCarthy has said he's going to consider expunging Trump's impeachments. This is in response to a group of Republicans who want to bring forward legislation to make this happen. Uh, This is reported in The Hill this morning. Speaker Kevin McCarthy said on um, Thursday that he would consider expunging one or both of former President Trump's impeachments. I would understand why members want to bring this forward, McCarthy said in response to a question at a press conference on Thursday before listing off several other key priorities for House Republicans. I understand why individuals want to do it, and I would look into it. In the last Congress, a group of more than 30 House Republicans led by Representative Mark Wayne Mullen from Oklahoma put forward a resolution to expunge Trump's impeachment in the wake of the January 6th, 2021 attack on the Capitol. The resolution was supported by the fourth ranking Republican in the House, Republican uh, Conference Chair Elise Stefanik. And if that was back in 2021, January of 2021, we know a whole lot more now than we did then about January 6th. So we know how much Pelosi was politicizing this and quite frankly, probably more responsible for what happened that day by keeping things from people like the chief of police, Steven Sund politicizing it uh, making sure Intel didn't get to where it had to get to. This guy was basically kept in the dark. So if they were for that, then they should certainly be a lot more for it now because this whole January 6th Salem, witch trial nonsense is just that nonsense. So, um That would definitely show some good faith from the speaker um and his continued good relations seemingly with president trump
4: well oh. <laughs> president trump uh i think is controlling mr McCarthy now i think I think he's got him i think he's got him i think he he learned his lesson with Paul Ryan. And it says, look, I can't rely on these guys who say, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And, and you know, they've been there. They know how it works. Do you leave it to me, Mr. President? I'll take care of this for you. I don't think he's going to I don't think he's buying it anymore. And I think this is just one of those ways where he's like, you know what? He's got Marjorie Taylor Greene. You support Kevin. Uh, Matt, you, you come out against him. We got we got enough to block this up. Going back to my theory, I think they, they worked him into a corner where McCarthy just saw the eyes on the prize, right? He wanted that gavel. That gavel was that is like Pelosi. Like Boehner. Remember Boehner, that idiot. He cried when he got the gavel. This is all these people that strive for. That's their that's their golden ticket. That's all they want. They don't care what happens afterwards. It, it, they, could, they would probably be happy saying, I was Speaker of the House, okay. even if it was for one day. Yep that they got to be speaker of the house. Nobody can ever take that away from him. So I think McCarthy's just like, all right, now he's got his hands tied. He's got he's got these guys over here who are who are going to, you know, they got one it only takes one for them to to move to get him out of there. And then they've got he's got, you know, President Trump on the other side saying, "You know what? You should probably listen to them. I'll back you, but you got to listen to them." So now he's they're steering him. They're steering him. Uh, And hopefully that's what's happening and it leads to more positive stuff on the way this uh, government should be run, at least getting started to going back to the way it should be run.
3: Um, Speaking of uh, loser Republicans, um, play cut 11, G.
6: He has certainly empowered the kind of populism you're talking about, smash mouth clicks, cable hits on Fox, etc., where you're a board member, by the way. Um, He has popularized that. He has empowered that. We saw it last week. So yes. how can this be achieved even within the Republican yeah. Party before you even
1: get to the Democrats? A couple things. He's fading fast. He's a proven loser. He cost us the House at 18, he cost us the White House in 20, he cost us the Senate again and again. And I think we all know that, and I think we're moving past Trump. I really think that's the case. I, do, I can't imagine <laughs> right, him getting Eddie the nomination, frankly. And I, I don't mean this because I, I don't want him to get the nomination, I just don't think he will as an analytical point.
3: Mm-hmm. And you all wonder what's happened over there at your favorite cable news station. <laughs> he's on the board guiding what's going to go to air
4: right he, he's wow. on the board of fox uh, while he's on cnn think about that
3: trashing talk. the leader of the republican party
4: talk about being connected
3: and i don't know what world the two of them live in that discussion is so inane and not even close to reality he's fading fast <laughs> he's fading fast what are you talking about he's fading fast he maybe has never been more popular he, yep. and, and things like this, I mean, things like what's going on with Biden right now make people go, um, well, hmm. I mean, what is he talking about? He's such a hater. That's, that's the bottom line. He always yeah. was. He's just a gold-plated, phony, hater, loser. And we don't need any more of him in the Republican Party. Him, Boehner, McConnell. Coco Chow. Yeah, Coco Chow. I call her Coco Chow, you know. <laughs> and get them out, get them all out, and get them far away. Throw them all in the ocean. God, Mitt, get out, Mitt
4: Romney. Ugh, Ugh.
3: just a <laughs> bunch of losers. He's fading fast. Oh, really? Right now, he's the only one who's uh, running for president in twenty four in the in the party. Let's see who has the you know what's to challenge him. Yeah,
4: ask liz Cheney. Why how... don't you try, pal? Yeah, yeah. Ask liz Cheney. How it went going up against Trump?
3: Yeah, ask, you, ask work your work out. Yeah, ask your best friend out there, Cheney, and then you can go ask your other best friend, Kinsinger, just like you. Republicans in, 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 your, in your mold that we're sick of, absolutely sick of, the party sick of, and most of the country's sick of, lamos like him, lame. Um, what do we have? Well, we don't have a lot of time for to get some of, these, some of these other clips. I want to get to some of these other clips. LOL, we have time for that. Uh, roll it, G.
2: You know what also excites me? What I'm I, among the many things I'm excited about electric school buses. Oh, I love yeah. electric school buses. What is it with I just love them for so many reasons. Maybe because I went to school on a school bus. Raise your hand if you went to school on a school bus. <laughs> right? Did you use electric? <laughs>
0: Raise your hand if you went. (laughs) She's
6: horrible. The The kids today don't go on school buses. Their parents
3: drive them. That's the Vice President of the United States. from Studio Six P thirteen to the hour on a Friday night. Glad you've been a part of the show. Gee, throw up my screen. I, I found the uh, my favorite one. There we go. <laughs> Don't worry, the doors are always locked. That's that's. Can we just talk about the clip we just played? The LOL. How, how do you behave like that? Like what? What? What is it? Is it like some kind of like a mechanism that she's like not comfortable? Like what is it that makes somebody act like that? Like a third grader. Um, Low IQ? Yeah, that's it, right? Right. My God, it's so embarrassing.
4: Because she's excited about school buses. Raise your hand if you ever went on a school bus. Oh, she's... Who the hell cares? Come on. We got bigger problems (laughs) there, VP. Think about it. The second most powerful person in the country is talking about riding on a school bus. And she's excited about it.
3: Man, oh man. Is she going to be licking the window, too? I don't know. But she just acts like she belongs still on a school bus. Like she's in third grade. I honestly thought she was talking to elementary school kids there until Gio told me otherwise. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That would at least be somewhat of an explanation. Exactly. Holy
4: cow. Do you see the other two adults sitting there who are laughing
3: with the fake, the fake, like the arm. like Oh, she's so brilliant. brilliant. Oh, my God. Please. You got to take this
4: act on the road.
3: Yeah. All right. It is Friday, last segment of the show, which can only mean one thing. It is now time. For a wildcard weekend version of the wow. odds makers with Slick Rick Rick Emerati. Wildcard weekend. It is playoff time in the NFL. Six big matchups Saturday, Sunday, and then prime time on Monday night right here during LFS 6B. <laughs> Slick Rick, here we go. Lay the table here. You're up, Bunny. What are we doing on each game? Alright, Big D, you forgot it's super wild card weekend, Big yes. D. Super. Well, here we go.
0: We're going to lay... We're gonna go ten each game. We get sixty grand on the line. We're gonna go ten. We're gonna go ten. Why not roll it up? Because we're rolling into the Super Bowl. Might as well have a big number, and and we'll see what happens at the end here. And at the end of February twelfth, February twelfth.
3: Big down number. Yeah.
0: (laughs) February thirteenth. Super Bowl is February thirteenth. Yeah. All right. Ready? Here we go. All right. Game one. All right. Game one. Saturday, four thirty. Levi's Stadium. I don't wear Levi's, but Levi's Stadium in San Francisco. It's gonna be a rainy, wet game. Seattle visiting them. Plus nine for the Seahawks. Give me the nine. I'm taking the Seahawks. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the nine is win, but I don't think they win by nine more than nine. Give me the Seahawks. I'm taking them on the road. I, I'm telling you, they're gonna have a good game. Look out. Gino, Gino's coming into <laughs> Look
3: at town. His face <laughs> <laughs> Seattle plus the nine. That's it. I'm taking a row. I'm taking a row, team. You're betting against the young quarterback here, Brock, Brock Purdy, huh? A little different situation for him. Is that what and this I, play I, is?
0: Purdy Purdy. I'm telling you. He'll win the game. I think they'll win by three, maybe six or Seven. I just don't think they're gonna cover. I think Seattle. You know, when these teams play each other, this will be the third time each, this year they played each other. They get to know each other's, you know,
3: inner workings, and you're gonna be a good game there. I think. All right. Seattle plus the nine. Game number one over San Francisco for Slick Rick. Four thirty on Saturday. Let's move to eight fifteen on Saturday night. Game number two. Slick Rick, tell us about it. Well, they're bringing Al Michaels
0: in for this game, Big D. You know,
3: he's got that big he's contract outside. Coming the at studio. Oh, no. Yeah. You <laughs> know, no,
0: he's gonna be on NBC. He'll be on the game. Everybody loves it great Al Michaels. He'll be calling that game and that's the LA Chargers at the Jags TIAA Stadium and you know what? I'm going with the home team. Getting some points too. I love it. Plus one and a half is what I got, Big D. Jacksonville Jaguars. Give me the Jags. Give me Lawrence. We're going.
3: All right, Jacksonville. Unfortunately, I told Slick Rick that Jacksonville's my best bet of the weekend. I would play them as well. I had it already. So, oh, okay. He had it already. I had it. So, okay, fine. That's fine. I believe you. Saturday, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Saturday, 8:15. Jacksonville plus one and a half at home. Underdog. Home underdog. That's a sharp side of the game, right there, for Slick Rick. Yep. All right. Let's move to Sunday game number three. Miami heading to Buffalo in a game that will really be unimaginable if um, this kid is in the building somehow. Oh, gosh, yes. Damar Hamlin. Um,
0: Highmark Stadium, Big D. All you have to say is Miami. Shuffling off to Buffalo, I don't think the Dolphins are going to do well in the cold. I'm going with Buffalo. They're laying almost two touchdowns, 13-and-a-half. But I'm taking them. I think they're going to run the table. Josh Allen, they're going to be fired up. That game might be over in the middle of the first quarter. So, 13-and-a-half, I'm laying, Big D. Buffalo Bills.
3: All right. Miami uh, Miami is getting 13-and-a-half. Buffalo minus 13-and-a-half. Slick Ricks going to lay the points. Miami just went there, and I believe week 15, Tua had his best game of the season. Almost pulled off the win. They lost by three. Slick Rick thinks it's going to be much different this time, as obviously Tua's not playing. And they're going with Skylar Thompson, at quarterback who won last week to get him into the playoffs. So he's got a little familiarity with the offense. But Buffalo, a proven commodity in the playoffs. Four straight seasons now. And uh 13 and a half though is a big number, but Slick Rick is number. willing to lay it. It's a lot of chalk. Hoping for Buffalo to win by 14.
0: A lot of chalk. No, I think they're gonna be, they're gonna knock him out.
3: All and, right, uh, game number four involving the New York Giants as they head to Minnesota. What are we doing, Slick Rick? Well, here we go. Minnesota, U.S.
0: Bank Stadium. Beautiful stadium. You had a chance to see that stadium. Um and I'm gonna tell you what. I really like the Giants. In fact, I like the Giants as my lock of the week, plus three. All they got to do is win the game. Give me the G, man. I'm going with the Giants. I love purple, but not this weekend. I'm going with the Giants.
3: Slick Rick on the sharp side of this game as well. Giants plus three. A lot of people talking about the Giants being a live dog. Uh, 4.30 on Sunday. Slick Rick has found his way on to the non-public side. Somehow, I don't know how, plus three for the Giants for Slickster over Minnesota. All right, let's go to game number five. Baltimore heads to Cincinnati. Slick Rick, Sunday night, 8.15. What do we got?
0: Takeoff Stadium. Be a different game if the great Lamar Jackson was underneath the center there playing uh, for the Ravens. But it's not going to happen. It's They're going to be the Bengals. I like them walking away. They're laying 8.5, and, a half, and uh, I'm going to lay the 8.5. Big D with the, with the Bengals. Give me C-
3: Cincinnati at home in the great state of Ohio. All right, Cincinnati minus eight and a half over Baltimore is game number five. Like you said, the differences in offensive output for Baltimore with and without Lamar is staggering. Uh, looks like he's not going to go, so it'll be either Hunley yeah. or, uh, well, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't really matter who it is. It? Uh, it's going to be tough for them to stay in this game. Plus eight and a half. Uh, so Slick's going to lay eight and a half with Cincinnati in game number five. Let's move to Monday night. All
0: right. It's a long weekend wild card, super card. We got the Martin Luther King Day on Monday, so they're going to have the Cowboy game that night going to Tampa Brady or Tampa Bay, that should be. And, uh, well, listen, what am I going to do? I mean, I can't go against my boys. I'm sitting on a set here. So I'm going to lay the two and a half, the Cowboys on the road, to try to win their first road playoff game in 30 years this was the last time they won. It was the '92 season. It was January 17, 1993. Not that I remember it that well. That's the last time they won on the road. They're going to win it. Give me the Cowboys going away, Big D. Now let me ask you a question. If I here. show
3: up Monday night, biggest Cowboy fan in the world, I'm one of them. Why are you not laying like 50 on your Cowboys, or a hundred, or a million? Because they haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. That's why. And, and how are they against them? Uh, against Tom Brady in the playoffs?
0: Oh, oh, in seven, not bad, you know. But that that was years ago, Big deal. Well, they did lose the opening opening season game. They lost 19 to three. Yeah, Bra- Listen, Brady's the greatest player ever. And he's 45 years old, and you wouldn't know because he's playing like he's 30. But he had a rough year. He's been beating up those Microsoft tablets, throwing them against the ground. Well, I think his they,
3: offensive line stinks. Yeah, well, they had some injuries. They lost the center. But he gets center. his center back for this game. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Just in time. Just in time. Just in time. I know. Uh, I'm, listen, I got my concerns, but... Uh, I gotta go with my boys. I gotta I gotta represent, so give me the Oh
3: cowboys. man, I can't wait for Monday night, locked in a room, camera, <laughs> you don't know when it's gonna be on. We're gonna get every emotion that there is. <laughs> the sixter. <laughs> Laying two and a half with Dallas over Tampa Bay. There you go. There's your six games for an odds maker wild card weekend with Slick Rick. All right, Slick Rick.
0: <laughs> if I lose, I'll be Shula Slick Rick instead of Shula Joe Jackson.
3: <laughs> uh, all right, anything else in news that you want to quickly tell us about? Or that's pretty much nope, it. Nope, that's we'll pretty s- much it. see what happens over the weekend yes. here as the White House... They probably all try to go on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're shut down for the weekend. We're (laughs) Fetterman for the weekend. Good night, everybody. See ya. (laughs) We'll be in Delaware looking at documents. (laughs) All right, as always, we salute our military, active, and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody. (laughs) Everybody on the front lines, thanks everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Rest up. We'll be back on Monday night. It's going to be fun. We'll see you then. Have a good weekend. Live from Studio 6B. We'll see you on Monday.